Hi everyone. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that you can now support Crisis Twink with a small monthly donation to help support future episodes and operating costs. There's absolutely no pressure to do this. Culture Pig and Crisis Twink will always be free, but any and all donations are highly appreciated. If you go to the show notes in whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, there should be a link marked listener support, and you can choose to contribute however much you want in just an easy monthly donation. So if that is something that you want to do, which you know, I mean, very chic look for you to do that. Very sexy, very cool to be financially generous. Come on, sugar daddy. Yes. Yes, God. Hunty slunty sleigh, I say. Um, it would be really nice if you did it. So, And it is very unhinged to be doing this. And everything I just said for the past like 10 seconds is so unhinged. But uh, yeah, absolutely try doing a donation if you can. Thanks. And on with the show. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic faith, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is Leo apologist, Ali Hardebeck. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? We're thriving. We're thriving. We are 5% hungover, 100% thrilled to be here. The math adds up. (laughs) Well, that's... It's, it's a little adding up. It's a little adding up. Um, I do need to ask you, why are you such a Leo apologist? Like what, what compels you to do this? Because I don't yeah. know if I would describe myself as a Leo apologist. No, I'm not sure many would, but my currency is attention. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Life is a performance and I'm self-aware enough to know that that's okay for me. I think that's a good, I I mean, as someone who does have his own vanity podcast, basically, I think I can sort of get behind all that. Um, Okay, you've made a very convincing argument. Um, Before we get into the meat of today's episode, I want to discuss an image that has been making the rounds on the internet that I sent to you a few minutes ago. Please describe what you're seeing here. Yes. So this is a really incredible edit of uh, Ruthie Lang photographed. I, what is the, the title? It's like Dust Bowl Depression Era. Yeah. It's not, it's like Dust Bowl Woman or something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely taken in like Kansas in 19... 20 30 whatever it's some real grapes of wrath type shit yeah yes so you know inspired by that very famous image we see someone has uh taken the liberty of facing the mother's face in a way that is really beyond beyond what I'm capable of putting into words. Um, but she's looking good. She 
I mean, she looks snatched. It's yeah. <laughs> not I mean, the it's point. Quite the, yeah, the cheekbones are are popping for sure. She's got a little filler here, a little juvederm here. Botox the chin, slim it down. It's she looks like um she could be on Selling Sunset. Yes, yes, I I completely agree. She's like influencer material. Um, Do we think this I, is inappropriate? You so I've obviously seen this floating around the internet, but yeah. do you know who made it? And no, I'd like to give them like a whole wing of the Guggenheim because yeah. this is simply tremendous work. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, tastefully done. <laughs> Maybe no, I I think like Warhol would see this and be like, I think inspired to create. Like there is something very. I mean, face tuning, face tuning is inherently very funny to me, I think, but like, this yeah. is, there's something about this one in particular that I'm like, who, who thought of this? Like, yeah. where just, were, what headspace were you in to think of right, this? Right, right. Truly, you know, something that nobody asked for, perhaps we didn't know we needed it, for one thing, um, but I'm just so curious who thought of this concept and was brave enough to release it onto the internet I personally think it's hysterical oh it's I think it's uh, hysterical too it just it's very provocative certainly yes yes I, I really I don't think there are a lot of like dust bowl people I feel like that's a slur that are like alive today who would be offended by yeah. this so yeah I don't know that's true. that's true um yeah you just you just have to ask why why did we need it and yet, now that I've seen it, now that it's burned into my retinas, I can't imagine not having it. Right. And that's the thing about good art. It, it makes you ask questions. And I think this is a good segue for into our first game, actually. So we are going to play Go Call the Governor. So I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And by ancient history, I mean like two weeks ago. And you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Perfect. Incredible. So let's play. So we've talked about good art. Let's talk about bad art now. Bad art friend, does the governor need to be called? The hot yes. topic of the week. Yes. Yeah. The governor needs to be called on literally everyone involved in this story. Yeah. I was just blown away by the reactions, well, and the actions of everyone in this article. Um, I think, you know, as I, as I joke about being a Leo and doing shit for attention, donating your kidney for people to congratulate you yeah. is a level I'm not quite on yet. So for those who may not be familiar, Bad Art Friend was an article published this week in the New York Times about a woman named Dawn Dorland, mm -hmm. who's like an unpublished fiction writer yeah. affiliated with this like, like writer's commune kind of type thing called yeah, the Chunky like Monkeys, of which Celeste Ng, who wrote <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere, is like the ringleader, I guess. 
Yeah. So she donates this kidney and then someone else, Sonia, writes a story about it that basically verbatim takes her life story. Yeah. I just want to start by addressing the fact that Don not only creates a private Facebook group to involuntarily keep everyone aware of her kidney donation journey, but she is actively monitoring who is engaging with the content to the extent that she's like reaching out saying, oh my God, do you think they know I've donated my kidney, but they just haven't been talking about it? Like we would, this story would be so different if she wasn't emailing her friends like, hey, I feel like you haven't really acknowledged this appropriately. No, I like, I mean, I've definitely been guilty before of checking in to see who likes a certain post or like a something on my Instagram. Like I sort of understand that impulse, but the stakes here are so high. Yeah. And I do think that like, I mean, this has gotten litigious obviously because everyone in the story is like crazier than a barrel of rattlesnakes. And the the idea that like a Facebook post can be creative property is so dystopian. (laughs) Like, what do you, what, I mean, what, what do you think about like this idea that like anything is fair game in the first place, like creatively? So I understand why it was obviously disturbing to her to see her very real recent experiences like in someone else's words and on paper um I feel like I lean more towards like everything should be fair game yeah and if you don't like how it's portrayed maybe you should look in the mirror but um I guess it's interesting that what was the other writer's name Sonia Larson yeah winds up with this specific story actually you know finding a different a new level of acclaim right Um, but I don't think she really made that much money I mean it's no I can't I it like it just seems like it got published in a few literary journals that I cannot imagine like pay out all that much yeah and like the book festival the Boston yeah so like max you're getting a speaking fee and like a publishing fee that's probably like five thousand dollars if that like it's more about like the acclaim i guess like the attention yeah i do think that like sonia does kind of come off as a little bit of an asshole at some points like i mean especially she should have just like changed the the stolen status in question up a little bit more like just a little bit you know yeah but like we've all talked shit in group chats before yeah. like i can't Tina of the group chat is honestly the worst thing i can ever imagine yeah exposing the crimes against humanity going down in our group chats i mean it, a day, it, this is a cautionary tale for all of us because like it truly could happen to you yes. yeah um related permanently so and the other big lesson takeaway here for me is that you should not pitch a story about yourself to an outlet when you 
with no like self-awareness because the I cannot imagine Dawn is like happy with how she's portrayed in this story no I I would pay to see the group chats discussion of the article as well I mean yeah yeah, in in Dawn's defense Sonia was like actively gaslighting her for years yeah and maybe maybe she didn't handle it in the best way um yeah no it's just it's extraordinary it's a cautionary tale it's a a cautionary tale okay let's move on to the next scenario warby parker does the governor need to be called no no i used to have a pair of warby parker glasses Mm -hmm. you know it definitely fits into that category of millennial dtc you know innovating something yeah innovating space (laughs) yes their innovation that excites certainly also i know there's some philanthropic component are they giving people eyewear elsewhere who don't have glasses i don't know like tom's like what are those shoes where you like buy a pair I think though it it actually is kind of that yeah. um <laughs> Tom's I forgot about Tom. Oh, just yeah, that was yanked out of yeah, that was a real like freshman year of college trend. I think everyone was on like the Espadrilles wave and then immediately Yeah, bitches love a slip on shoe. That's true. Yeah. I, mean, I, I the economies of yeah. other countries, but I am someone who owns a pair of Warby Parker glasses. I don't wear them very often, but like I do it when I was buying new glasses two years ago, Mm -hmm. I felt that Warby Parker was basically my only option. And Mm -hmm. I, I like that a little bit because I do think their glasses look nice, but I'm also like, how did they get so like culturally ubiquitous? Like, I feel like I was not even considering other places to get glasses. No. And that's weird. I'm trying to think about my own experience buying glasses. And I didn't need um, to wear glasses until like my junior year of college, which was 2018 or something. So I guess I got my prescription and then, you know, went down to the Parker store with my mom and had a nice afternoon of it yeah. and yeah it did it felt like the logical option actually I am now remembering that I had the option to just get a pair of glasses in the eye doctor's office and I was like no mom we need yeah Parker glasses it we're, we're Parker pilled at this point like it's sorry they do have like nice stuff though so I'll, I'll give them the, I'll give them that but like I'm definitely yeah. ready for another um innovator someone else to innovate the space someone else to disrupt the space like disrupting eyewear yeah it is cheap though okay last scenario they found the zodiac killer and he allegedly gave lady gaga's 2016 album joanne a 10 out of 10 on metacritic does the governor need to be called Yes. 
on what part of this? Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> no, this really made me lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't hear about his rating of Lady Gaga's album. I was seeing that um, he was reviewing the Ted Bundy movie or whatever, like documentary, or whatever, like really on Letterboxd. Yeah. So that I think is rich <laughs> That's crazy. He was like, I'm <laughs> I'm the top serial killer who is Ted Bundy top. who? Yeah. Yeah. There's something so wild to me about the Zodiac killer being like a prolific commenter. Like he yeah. was like a, I mean not only a real life troll by killing five people or ten people. Like he Yeah. He was just all over the chat rooms and the blogs and such. Like that's yeah. Yeah. So he was alive throughout the entire duration of Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Like, yeah. There. He saw it all, presumably. He, he literally saw it all. And he was listening to Joanne the whole time, too. Yeah. Like, he was a, li- a full little monster, giving it a... Even, like, the <laughs> no. most, like, ardent Gaga fans I know, I mean, myself included, would not give Joanne a 10 out of 10. Like, he, right. he saw something in that work. Makes you wonder... It does make you wonder. Are you a Gaga fan? Yeah. Or you, yeah. Not as not as devoted as some, but I have a like the Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, His name was Gary. 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 Of course. Of course. Of course. Gary is like a killer name. Like said with love to the Garys out there. I like. I'm sure there are like very peaceable Garys. Um, but the rest causing havoc havoc like on in chat rooms in real life like i don't know i i recently rewatched the movie zodiac um on a plane which is not a good plane it's not a good plane movie because it is so scary and people behind you will be like why are you watching this um and it, it is so like primally scary to me that the thought of the same guy who like has haunted my nightmares four years now I mean could have like we could have interacted on letterboxd or something that's that's really frightening me yeah yeah I can't I just can't believe how online he was yeah I mean I mean the tiktokers didn't discover him oh I know like they're solving mysteries every which way cold cases every day yeah, I saw like some TikTok the other day about like Amelia Earhart. They like figured out what happened to Amelia Earhart on oh. TikTok. She got eaten by a crab. I don't know if this is true. That's incredible. They're they're like coconut crabs. So like Oh my god. I don't know if they're as big as coconuts or they will like you know like getcha like <laughs> oh. like a coconut like I'm like making a coconut motion. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know what, <laughs> wait, I don't know what a coconut motion actually means. Those are just two words. That are, you like, mean like of... letting open a coconut with like a machete? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause they have those like, I don't know yeah. the scientific term. Claws. Claws. Yeah. That's the scientific <laughs> term. We should know that as two, as two Marylanders, we should know what a crab, a crab claw has. We're crab people now. For sure. We are crab people now. All right. We're going to take a crab people break and we will be right back. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Allie, what are you rushing to the ER today? Today, we, we have to get into Scammer Girl Fall with some of our faves, 
problematic faves for sure. Caroline Calloway. Mm -hmm. She's been having a bit of a resurgence lately. The TikTok girlies have discovered her in a new way. That's well, yeah. It's yeah. she's fully like a downtown New York icon at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. all the um like I guess like a lot of the like God, literally shoot me in the head. Leftist media I consume is very like Caroline centric these days. Yeah. Like she's like somehow in like the both like the social set and the political set. Yeah, it seems like. Did you see? I think it was probably a couple months ago at this point, but she did something, some some heinous act, and um, some like mid tier TikTok personalities were making these videos that were like um who the hell is Caroline Calloway like this is what you need to know like you know yeah. saying she did all this stuff and then at the end Caroline would like pop out it was like a little free free marketing moment it was all yeah. coordinated which fascinating to me she has she has shooters in every area for yeah. sure like and honestly I'm one of them at this point yeah. I I I, hmm, I guess where did I first hear of Caroline probably like 2018 mm -hmm. like late 2018 when she was going on I guess her original one of the original scammy tours she did where she would like rent out like hotel conference rooms and like people would pay like hundreds of dollars to just like make flower crowns with her right and there were no there was no food or drink provided and everyone got dehydrated yeah yeah but she was a fire festival could run genuinely yeah basically i like she's i do have to applaud her for running these sort of low level grifts for a long time because it clearly has like worked out pretty well for her um yeah what's your what's your background with her because I thought this was a very so, interesting topic when you proposed it yes definitely I first heard of Caroline I think when Natalie's article in the cut okay. came out so I don't know if that was 2018 or 2019 um but of course just so fascinating um, but for those who are not familiar with that like can you give people a little primer yeah about yeah. that whole fiasco Absolutely. so natalie beach is caroline's ex-friend slash ghostwriter so it's actually somewhat relevant to the to the bad art friend conversation about like what is mm -hmm. intellectual property and like what are we supposed to be crediting and basically natalie wrote this whole i would even call it an expose of how Caroline was not only like a shitty friend, but um, was using her Natalie or Natalie's writing in Caroline's captions on Instagram. So she, Caroline had this like long time fixation with Cambridge and was like dropping out of school and applying fifty times just to just to get over there and and join that world. So she got famous I think originally for these like long form captions that yeah. were kind of like travel bloggy like I don't know something very tumblery about it like yes. writing these like like tone poems basically yeah in a very um, serious way yeah and they were well written too like yeah. 
Shout out to Natalie. (laughs) And she got a book deal out of it. She did. She did. She kind of finagled her way into a book deal. Of course, every major project she's gone involved in has just never come to fruition. And right. She just kind of stops talking about it after a while and then it goes away. So I, I, it's people, I mean, like people just have such a t- short attention spans, like on yeah. social media. Like I feel like even, um, I remember, I mean, a few weeks ago, like everyone was up in arms about like Nicki Minaj being an anti-vaxxer. And I feel like people forgot about that almost immediately. Yeah. And that was only three weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I remember when Caroline released her snake oil. Right. Which is absolutely iconic. Um, which of course was grapeseed oil and like a little oh. essential oil blend. I don't understand people who actually felt comfortable applying that product to their skin. Like no. buy it like for the bit. Like people love to participate in her absolutely bonkers schemes, which I understand, but. Well, she's built up like a good cult of personality around her, which I think a lot of the most successful scammer girls really have done pretty well. Like I, like, you know, Anna Delvey, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, like Anna Delvey has like a full, like captive Twitter audience right now who like applaud her because she scammed like rich dum-dums which is like the fun kind of scam it's not like um uh like I don't know like the for anyone who's watching like Beverly Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season like the Erica Jane Tom Girardi stuff where they're like literally stealing money from burn victims and plane crash victims that's not fun yeah exactly or um I don't know if you've been watching Lula Rich but the whole like MLM scam situation is so much less fun because it's these poor women who like wholesome midwest mothers who were just trying to make a little money on the side and had their lives absolutely ruined um by like trying to have this business so that's yeah. less fun than caroline like saying crazy shit on instagram and like antagonizing whoever has written like a negative article about her like that's that's fun to participate in no that's fun to participate in but when it starts like I think when you start preying on people's natural like insecurities and flaws and like I mean a desire to like achieve more and want more like I think like the core of the MLM mentality is that like day one you can start doing something like you have like power you have control you have agency over like this business stuff and you can see why a lot of like not to generalize like more maybe repressed women from like traditional conservative backgrounds are so drawn into things like LuLaRoe or like whatever that like Gwen Shamblin one that they were talking about on HBO this week like yeah those you get sucked in because like for once you're like moving product you're like using your like your gift of gap to like sell things and like connect make connections with people but then like you know it's such a house of cards that all gets like yeah it falls apart it it can't last 
it can't last uh, the whole like mormon aspect of it too yeah they're always mormon isn't i know weird? it's always the Mormon. yeah i wonder why that is i will be i like of i have not seen lula rich yet i've just like tapped into it and i have been exposed to far too much lula row content in my lifetime <laughs> like yeah. it's I'm there, it was like, so ugly who fell for so that? ugly i don't so like the gay version of lula row is this like watch brand called pierre arden oh. and if you go on to any gay person you knows insta some there will be a comment on like a photo that's from like pierre arden underscore team ambassador underscore blank name that's like hey drew hey todd like like nice picture you got there dm pierre arden ambassador to get set up with a free watch and then literally you have to be like a brand ambassador and comment on people for like really ugly watches like really really ugly watches like it's shocking it's shocking and with lula row too obviously this was a couple years ago so anything now would like seem a little bit chuggy at least but yeah it was so ugly for the time like this was chevron peplum dresses and an infinity scarf it was like actively yeah chevron dresses are like i think this is like a michael kors quote from project runway but he once said like no one wants a bunch of arrows pointing to your crotch like what woman would want that (laughs) apparently someone so yeah um i would also like to just commend you for being the first person to say chuggy on the podcast like a bunch of balloons just fell down like secret word style yeah um you are i believe one of the first gen z people actually to be on the pod so this is a very beautiful youth representative apparently but so one um i have a personal experience with a scammer girl Mm. that I have actually gone on record on another podcast talking about but I'm going to repeat here just because she's like really blown up recently so I don't know she's on TikTok too but do you know Serena fucking Kerrigan SFK for short yeah yeah okay. maybe. so she went to college with me and she she was a year older and I cannot talk about all of her like infamy on this podcast because I truly do not want to get sued she like will find me but she's notorious for many things but like most of which basically she has like made the word fuck her entire brands like if you go on linkedin her her linkedin of it all (laughs) i know not the linkedin of it all but like she um she currently bills herself as the queen of confidence which is a new new addition to her repertoire and she's the ceo of SFK LFG LLC, which stands for Serena fucking Kerrigan Let's Fucking Go LLC. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. And I don't know what LLC stands for. So like I can't help there. Limited but liability corporation. Great. Limited We're learning things today. Corporation. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh but like she she was like always like very like out and about at Duke. Like she basically was like the student ambassador for the one college bar in Durham called Shooters. And she was like best friends with the owner. Mm. It was weird, but she's like parlayed that like her like natural hustle into like a gig as like on-camera talent at Refinery29. 
No. One of the scammiest websites yes. in existence. And then she like she's on TikTok now and like she's on like that MTV so Siesta Key, which mm. I she's not from Florida, so like I don't know how she got on. But she she has like a hundred and thirty-seven thousand Instagram followers now. Ooh. And I have no idea. Maybe she got them like Caroline. Well, like people are like engaging with her stuff and like I don't know if she's doing anything like untoward necessarily, but it feels like I'm just like, how did you get here? Yeah, yeah. Who she's Google? The followers, like I don't I genuinely don't know. I mean, she's always been like very good about like branding and promoting herself, but like Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, what's yes. the catch here? Like, what's going well, on? Using the word fuck just doesn't seem like a compelling hook. It's not a little something more. Like, give us, yes, go girl, give us nothing. Yeah. But at the same time, there is something like weirdly compelling about it. Like, yeah. it's such a simple idea and it has seemingly worked out so well for her. That's like, oh, like, why? Why didn't I try this? I could have been Drew right. fucking Haskins and I could have 140,000 Instagram yeah. followers. It feels very much like faux empowerment a la call her daddy, which oh, yeah. is the most heinous. I feel like it started though in a in a different place until like the bar stool involved yeah. ramped up. I'll be honest, I don't know, I know about like the Barstool fiasco with all that and like that it's only the one girl now who does it. I, I'm not like, I, I'm not the target audience I think for that podcast. So like, I'm not really sure. I guess like there is a fine line between like monetizing self-help and scamminess, I guess. Like there is a crew, I like, I don't think the, I mean, the call her daddy people are not like, no running a grift really no 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 they're just cringy yeah it's it's probably damaging to a lot of young girls but you're right that's not a scam necessarily yeah what's interesting about caroline calloway and her trajectory specifically is that it's not even necessarily a scam Mm -mm. she obviously has a lot of issues and maybe just can't deliver on anything she ever promised yeah it's not a scam in the way that like Elizabeth Holmes straight up <laughs> lied to the shareholders right. the technology of Theranos. So that's that's like a legitimate scam. Yeah, um, I mean, and, that, and that could have harmed people too. I think it's yeah. so funny that like, cause the trial, her trial is happening right now. Yeah. And like all the, her defense is basically that she like fell victim to her own girl bossery, which is- yeah. Do you wait? A do you wild know that defense. Sound? The TikTok sound that's like, I fear that I'm a boss too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's Elizabeth for you. Oh my God. She's, yeah, I sh- definitely not an inspiration, but like, I do find it fascinating that she got as far as she did with it. Agree. Agree. I do to some extent operate under like a fake it till you make it mentality, but you do actually have to make it in the end. And also right. there's a definitive line. Like I, think I, what, I love that people have been 
coming to the trial in Elizabeth Holmes. Because she made such a spectacle out of her own griff too. Like, I think like her, Caroline and Anna Delvey all did a really good job of like, like aestheticizing and branding their griffs in a way that are like, honestly, kind of iconic. Like. Elizabeth, the, there is nothing funnier than Elizabeth Holmes like dropping her voice three octaves and putting on a black turtleneck to like do Steve Jobs cosplay. Like that's so crazy. And it's crazier that it worked. Like right. it literally duped all these like dumb guys into like, yeah. like tech bros will literally eat up anything. Like that's the moral of that for me. That, that is the lesson. And, like Caroline has like weaponize this like downtown boho aesthetic in like everyone everything we've talked about like off the pod you and I have talked about like how Tumblr has been back for a while but like Caroline's really like bringing the like 2011 like Lana Del Rey Tumblr aesthetic like back into the limelight in a way that people really like looking at and Anna Delvey was just doing like gossip girl dress up basically yeah like full Eloise at the plaza kind of great thing Right. I mean, they are weirdly aspirational. Yeah. I mean, Caroline, Caroline, of course, will try to stay relevant any way possible because that's the whole point. Yeah. Obviously not really offering anything else to people. I mean, bringing anything else to the table, rather. She definitely, I mean, it started with the writing, so that made sense. But at this point, she's just morphed into this like meme of a personality um, yeah. that I think people just want to be involved because it's fun. Um, and there, similarly, she's not, she's not hurting anyone, maybe herself in some cases, but she's yeah. such a star. It, it does seem very harmless. Like, I mean, she's, she's clearly got a big audience. Like she, she's hobnobbing with a lot of like downtown like it girls and stuff too like I I read um she do you know Kat Marnell the author Kat Marnell Mm -hmm. so they did like a very good interview with each other and I believe the drunken canal a few months ago (laughs) that was like really interesting like she's been on like red scare too I mean like she clearly she has a good niche like I I know that she's making a ton of money on OnlyFans too which like I've I mean I've we I've done an episode about the OnlyFans saga like on this podcast already so people know what I think about like non-traditional sex workers like oversaturating that market necessarily but like I mean she's she's making it work for her yeah you have it's fun to watch yeah she's grinding yeah but it looks so effortless like it looks random stream of consciousness posting getting into fights on the internet yeah, like in a way, she's sort of like the ne plus ultra of like the gig and freelance economy, just because she has so many little like she's like spinning all these plates, yeah, and making it look like the easiest thing in the world. And right. I think it's really just because she has such a forceful personality. Without yeah. charisma, you can't do anything. That's true. That is charismatic leadership for you. Especially in a scam. Like, like Anna Delvey wasn't able, like, she couldn't have pulled off what she pulled off had she not been, like, this mysterious, like, weirdo. Right. Elizabeth Holmes had to hitch up her britches and talk like Steve Jobs for four years. 
fixed to right. like get where she got. It worked so, out for a while. But... It did. But all right, I think we should probably move on to our final segment. Is there anything else you want to say about Scam Girl Summer? I hope it continues. Yeah. I want to see more of this in ways that don't hurt people. Yeah. That crucial distinction. Like, I I mean, scamming is such, like, a historical thing. Like, literally, like, back to, like, P.T. Barnum and his, like, circus freak show or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. people have been running grifts for a long time. Like, Yeah. And I'll gladly watch the circle from a healthy distance. But men have been scamming forever, and it's time to have more representation in the scammer community. I, I 100% agree. <laughs> Scam representation matters. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to play Tear the Community Apart. Simple game. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. Sounds easy. Might not be today because this oh. is a pretty hard one. Oh. So I have picked two cornerstones of... 2010s party music that maybe defy like good taste but are like unimpeachable jams that get get everyone going they move the people in a way that few songs have before or since so which song is better don't trust me by 303 or party rock anthem by lmfao lauren bennett and goon rock I didn't know all those people were on that, that party rock Goon anthem. Rock. Goon Rock. I'm not familiar with this. I'm not familiar with the musical stylings of Goon Rock. <laughs> um, this is really tearing the community apart. This is a tough one. There is a clear winner in my mind, which is okay. Don't Trust Me. Mm-hmm. And as I've mentioned before to you offline, don't trust me brings me to like a seventh grade mixer where me and all the other 12 year olds were cosplaying as a slut like mm-hmm. you know in our in our like Hollister like baby doll tops and straight like dark wash denim um and probably a pair of Uggs too so we really oh. thought that that was like going to be defining our our adult experience yeah (laughs) it's just um it's such a catchy song oh yeah the like literally hooks on hooks on hooks and the lyrics are like i mean they were like designed to be memes before we even had that sort of vocabulary really yeah i think that song wins alone for the line tell your boyfriend if he says he's got beef that I'm a vegetarian and I am fucking scared of him. Yeah. That, I mean, how can you... Joni Mitchell hasn't come close to talking no. about mine. So. No. The Beatles look like amateurs in comparison. It's, it's spectacular. I agree. I actually, this is going to get me some hate, but I actually unironically prefer Don't Trust Me to 70% of the Beatles discography. Agree. I'm not a huge Beatles guy, but... I, no, I, I definitely, I think I 100% agree with you there. Um, I do agree that it is extremely funny that like Uggs were considered like premium skank wear back in the day. Like that's yes. insane to me. <laughs> um, 
I also though would like to just shout out Party Rock Anthem for, you know, coming yeah. coming in, being very direct about its intentions from the title alone. It is yeah. a party rock anthem. Right. Calling it an anthem before it even exists. Sure. I admire it, that. I, it takes some chutzpah to do that. And it's a credit to Sky Foo, or I'm sorry, Red Foo and Sky Blue that they did, because those are the two members of LMFA, yeah. we can't forget that, um, that they were able to achieve their goals so well, so it, simply. Honestly, that song was being played consistently for at least three years, or yeah. it felt that way. It was just, it was around constantly. Inescapable. Yeah. That song and, um, I mean, they have like, they really cornered the market on like stupid, crunchy dance pop music like between that sexy and i know it which i i hate that song but like it has yeah. its place um shots 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 yeah. shots 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 and um i would also like to shout out champagne showers yeah very good too <laughs> but yeah party rock anthem is like it's not better than don't trust me but it is you know it was, it of its time it. yeah yeah, I mean, I don't think better music has been made since that time period of like, what what would you say this was like 2011, This was 2012? like 20, yeah, like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Like I, yeah. you go back and watch the music video for each of these songs and it is like so, the fashion is just like so awful. It's like all Abercrombie, like weird, like, the vests and um always shutter like vest. shutter shades like oh oh god it's bad god, that or like a tie like a on a like a vest no shirt underneath and a loose tie yeah Ooh, it's, it's very, like it's, it's giving like disney channel star that yeah. they dressed like four different layers none of the items match in any way like and they're very deliberate like everything is on your body very deliberately but like it also is deliberately clashy and like yes. I don't know I I don't miss that style where like everyone was looking like they were in hot shell ray like you could go up to anyone on the street and it's like oh like you could be in hot shell ray yes and that's all I don't I'm glad we're past that but I do um I agree I do worry that like whenever the like inevitable 2010s nostalgia wave circles back around again, like we're gonna be in a place of shutter shade all over again. Yeah. And I don't know how you update that look. Yeah. Um, Well. Make it hot. Yeah, shutter shades, but make it hot. Just, (laughs) I don't even, I don't know where, oh my God. I don't know if there's any, innovation within that space anymore <laughs> like oh, I don't know how you're disrupting shutter shades why, why isn't Warby Parker oh my god shutter shades Warby Parker shutter shades <laughs> <laughs> they That's, can do it the people I, love, I would I would like to see it I would like to see it um well Allie thank you so much for being here today this was absolutely delightful um thank you for having me it's an if honor you would like to if you would like to be found, where can people find you on social media? So I try to keep the Twitter professional because there's, you know, former, former bosses and co-workers on it. Got it. But 
you know, Instagram at Ali Hardebeck. Same spelling, nothing crazy. Incredible. I am a Leo. So be I, warned. <laughs> you know, the option has to be there. <laughs> oh no, the tension. <laughs> horrible. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter, my very unprofessional Twitter, where it's mostly just pictures of like Dorothy Ling Dust Bowl women with like cartoon lips. Um, you can find that at FKA Pigs with a Z. You can find me on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Zs and subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for free weekly newsletters delivered straight to your inbox about a variety of cultural learnings. By the time you will be listening to this episode, um, my piece on the 10-year anniversary of Nicola Roberts's incredible pop album Cinderella Eyes will be up, so look forward to that. Um, and also just rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That was a pretty good spiel. I usually don't do it that well. Oh, I love it. Stick in the landing, like full, um, what's her name? Nastia Lukin. Like, oh yeah, Nastia Lukin. Love that. (laughs) Incredible. But all right, until next time. Bye everyone.